The New York Islanders have juggled their lines, and would a reunion with a former Islander make sense at the trade deadline? We've got all that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. We've got a busy show ahead of us, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on a future episode, you can email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on X at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on X at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all things Islanders all season long, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to talk Islanders hockey with you, game time or any time. So, the trade deadline is less than a month away, March 8th, 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And the question becomes, what will the New York Islanders do? Do you think they will be buyers, which is the Lou Lamorello typical MO? He always wants to buy. He always wants to win now. But will he go that route again this year? Remember, he's traded away four consecutive first-round picks. Obviously, a lot of the answer to that question will have to do with how the Islanders play between now and the trade deadline. And, you know, if the team continues to play well, obviously adding someone, especially if you're Lou Lamorello, would make a little more sense. If the team continues to struggle, then trading away some guys on, expi- you know, uh, on expiring contracts might make more sense. But when in doubt, in my mind, expect Lou Lamorello to be a buyer 
if he feels this team has any chance of reaching the playoffs. And, you know, right now, you look at the numbers, and the Islanders are 18th in the league in goals scored and 24th in the league in goals against. Now, remember, the Islanders have played 52 games. They have exactly 30 games left on their schedule. And all the teams that are behind the Islanders, for example, in the Metropolitan Division standings, all have at least one game in hand. The Penguins have three, but all of them have games in hand on the Islanders. So 18th in the league in goals scored, 24th in goals against. And what, what does that tell us? Well, it tells us a lot of things. And also, yeah, the goal differential for the Islanders this year is minus 21. It tells us that this is a below average team on statistically on paper. Now, it's been a little better to the eye test, certainly, since Patrick Waugh came in. And if the Islanders were going to be buyers, one of the things they definitely would need to add is a goal scorer, somebody who can give this team more scoring depth. And one possibility might be to bring back former Islanders winger Jordan Eberle. And I'm not talking about a long-term reunion. Eberle is 33. He, you know, in mid-May, he will turn 34. I don't think you bring him back and then do what Lou might do and sign him to a seven-year deal. Uh, All kidding aside, though, you know, signing him to a longer extension may not make a lot of sense. But what are you getting in Eberle? Well, he spent four seasons on the island. He had a 25-goal season his first year there and 59 points and then 19 goals and then... You know, 16 goals in his last two seasons, but 58 and 55 games played due to COVID and all the things that affected the schedule. So, again, uh, you're getting a guy who just last year with Seattle had 20 goals and 63 points. This year, not as productive, 9 goals and 28 points in 47 games for a struggling Kraken team that we will see later tonight at the UBS Arena. And uh, that's a 7.30 start. And again, you could hear every moment of that game with the Islanders' hometown broadcast on Sirius XM. Just go to the SXM app and do a search for Islanders. But we'll get a chance to see him. And, you know, in 208 games over the last two and a half plus seasons, he's got 135 points and 50 goals. Eberly would add some juice to either the second or the third line. His cap hit at this point uh, is $5 million, but again, if you're talking about closer to the trade deadline and you prorate what's left, wouldn't be a lot. I don't think you'd have to give up a lot to get him in theory. Problem, again, is the Kraken are probably looking more for picks and prospects, although they're not out of the playoff picture by any means, and they did make it last year. 
But would you get, you know, be able to get Jordan Eberle without a lot of picks? I think they'd be able to fit him under the salary cap for the rest of the year, especially if guys stay on LTIR. But overall, he gives you a little bit of speed. He gives you experience. He, not that the Islanders need more of that. But he gives you some more juice offensively. And, you know, maybe he gives a little more juice to that second line right now, which is struggling. And Patrick Waugh is shuffling the lines. And we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later. But, again... I don't think you'd have to give up a lot for Everly, although there could be a bidding war. Other teams, maybe even the Rangers, might be interested in adding a guy like Everly. Uh, but again, for the Islanders, it might make sense because the price shouldn't be too high as far as what you'd have to give up to get him. And it, it also would be a situation where he's familiar with a lot of the players on this team, I think he would welcome the opportunity to play for Patrick Waugh. And, again, expiring contract, this would be most likely a rental. And I would probably want to keep it a rental unless he's willing to sign, you know, uh, a one-year, $2 million, $2.5 million kind of a deal next year or two-year, $5 million total deal. You know, if he's going team-friendly and it's a short-term deal more or less everything Lou Lamorello tends not to do. But if you can do that, I wouldn't mind adding him for a year maybe, but better off keeping him a rental. Let's not kid ourselves. But if you're looking for that little extra something that wouldn't be too expensive, you could do a lot worse than adding Jordan Eberle to this roster. To me, short-term makes sense, long-term does not, but... You know, I don't want to give up another first-round pick. I don't want to mortgage the, you know, Ruslan Ishkakov or William Dufour or Matthew Maggio just to get another 30-something guy who's going to be here for another five, six, seven years. But if you can get a guy like Eberly inexpensively, short-term, I think it does make a certain amount of sense. All right. We've got the latest injury news and some line changes in practice that are worth discussing. Plus, uh, we'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day. A goalie was with the Islanders for two years in the early 2000s and who was originally a first-round draft pick of the New York Rangers. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got all that and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live, same-game parlays, exclusive prop bets, and more. And you could use your hockey knowledge and your Islanders knowledge on FanDuel as well. Check out the odds and props for tonight's game between the Islanders and the Kraken. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 
Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. So some injury updates and some line change updates, and these are, well, rather interesting, to say the least. First of all, Alexander Romanov, who the team desperately missed Saturday against the Calgary Flames, he was out on the ice uh, for practice on Monday with the Islanders. And Patrick Waugh basically said, I thought he had a good practice. He's looked good from what I've seen. We'll see about tomorrow. He's still day-to-day. That is good news for the New York Islanders. Also an update on Hudson Fashing. Fashing, skating on his own, but still not practicing with the New York Islanders. And so, at least we have that little piece of good news for uh, Islanders fans. So hopefully Fashing is available to return. He's at least, t- at least taking the first few steps, but more importantly, hopefully Romanov, who still is day-to-day officially with that lower body injury, will be ready to go on uh, tonight's game against the Seattle Kraken. Meanwhile, in practice... Some different line combinations. And first of all, Oliver Wallstrom still in the lineup, skating on the third line with J.G. Pajot and Simon Holmstrom. Uh, Not surprisingly, Sezekius, Martin, and Clutterbuck, they are still the duo. Then you have the first two lines. And Patrick Waugh shuffling things a little bit. The top line in practice, Horvat, Barzal, and Engvall. The second line, Nelson, Lee, and Palmieri. And, you know, we did see Engvall on that top line a little bit late in the loss to the Flames. Um, and we'll see, you know, whether or not this works. Here's what... Patrick Waugh said after Saturday's game, there's things I'm wanting to try at times. I thought that adding Engvall with Bo Horvat and Matt Barzal added a little more speed to that line. I thought that would be a good thing. I think Kyle Palmieri and Brock Nelson have been clicking very well, so it really doesn't matter. I mean, Andrews is a good fit for them as well. In Again, it was only a, a handful of shifts late in the game, But Wah added, in the moments they had, I thought they had some good buzz. I mean, they were holding the puck in the offensive zone. Maybe it's something we give a shot at. We'll see how it goes. And again, he said, it could be short-term, could be long-term. I don't have a timeline on this. It could be two shifts in the first period, and I go back. But right now, I'm curious to see. I have mixed feelings about this. Uh, On the one hand, I don't mind the idea of trying to juggle the line combinations around because it has been rare 
for the Islanders to have more than one line clicking in any given game. Usually it's been Lee, Horvat, Barzal, sometimes Nelson, Engvall, and Palmieri. But you need, really, both of those lines and a little more from the third line offensively if you hope to win consistently. Right now, I don't like the idea of rewarding Pierre Engvall because he hasn't been playing particularly well. And that, (laughs) you know, do I think playing with Bo and Barzi could up his numbers a little? Yeah. But here's a guy who's on pace for about 10, maybe 11 goals on the season and maybe 29 points. That's not a top six forwards numbers. And one concern I have is if you put Engvall up on the top line, Engvall and Barzal, that's two, probably your two fastest forwards as far as just skating speed goes. And that leaves the second line with Brock Nelson, who's not very fast, Anders Lee, who's on the slow side, no offense to Anders Lee, and, you know, Kyle Palmieri, who has decent burst, but essentially, you're putting all your speed eggs into one basket, and that is a little bit of a concern. I think it might help get the second line going, but I think it may hinder the top line. Look, I want to see Pierre Engvall do better. Here's the big difference with Pierre Engvall, by the way. Last year, in his 18 games with the Islanders, he had nine points, five goals, and uh, four assists. Was also a plus seven. That put him at about a 21-goal pace. This year, as I mentioned, it's about 11. Uh He's not a first-line player. I don't even think he's realistically a second-line player. So I'm concerned that it may hinder Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzal a little bit. Not a lot, because those guys can still rely on each other. They can still rely on Dobson. Again, it, 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 to me, is one of those mixed-feeling things. It's worth a shot to try it, because you need to try something. The problem is that you don't have a lot of time to make mistakes now. You don't have the luxury of saying, yeah, if we don't play well for three or four games, so be it, you know, because if they go one and three in four games, especially with the fact that they don't have any games after tonight until Sunday, other teams are going to make up for it you've got a real problem. Uh, So, again, you know, Oliver Wallstrom, going to be in the lineup, it looks like. Good. I'm glad they're giving him a chance, but if you're trying to make the playoff race, you don't have that margin for error. So, we'll see how this works out. Patrick Waugh giving it a go, and I like the fact that he's giving it a go. But, uh, again, I kind of wish this, this coaching change had been made a month or two earlier 
to allow Wah more of a chance to really acclimate to the team, put his stamp on it, and have that opportunity to go with a little trial and error, which there is just precious little time for right now. We have got more to get to on today's show. We'll preview tonight's game against the Seattle Kraken. Plus, uh, we'll have our Islanders birthday of the day. All that and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. We're past the halfway point in the uh, season. And Islander fans, we are in the playoff hunt. I want to remind you that you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Sorokin, McDavid, or McKinnon will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in any given game. To win a bet on Sleeper 100 times bet, you need to quickly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Islander fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. Islanders, Kraken, tonight. 7.30 Eastern time start, and uh, again, you can catch every moment of this game with the Islanders' hometown radio broadcast on SiriusXM. Just go to the SXM app and do a search for Islanders. The Kraken, losers of, uh, you know, three of their last four coming into last night's game against the Devils, and they struggled early in that one as well. This is a team that is just outside the playoffs right now. They have, you know, right about NHL 500. They are just behind the team the Islanders just lost to, the Calgary Flames, in the Pacific Division standings. And, you know, last year, playoff team played well, kind of ahead of what most people thought they would be, and they seem to have regressed a little bit this year. The goals against, still strong. Joey Decord has played well this season, but he played last night against the Devils, so we probably see backup Philip Grubauer because the Dev- uh, the Kraken are on a back-to-back while the Islanders have been resting since Saturday. I assume that Patrick Waugh goes back to Ilya Sorokin tonight, but we'll have to see. Kraken, 27th in the league in goals scored, 10th in goals against. The power play right in the middle, 16th in the league. The PK is 20th. So hopefully the Islanders' power play can get going against the Kraken. And hopefully the Islanders' PK can find a little bit of help. Guys to watch, we know Jordan Eberle. Uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand right now. 
uh, leads the team with 40 points. Jared McCann leads them with 21 goals. Uh, and, you know, again, there is talent on this team. It is just a question of getting some of these young guys ready and in the groove to play better together. This is a team that rolls four lines, that four checks aggressively, and gets the job done by wearing you down when they're playing their style of hockey, but they haven't been able to do it consistently. The top line, Maddie Beneers, that youngster is playing some pretty good hockey. He centers Thomas Tatar and Jordan Eberle, some familiar names to Islander fans. Alex Wenberg is the second-line center. Jaden Schwartz to his left. Jared McCann to his right. Yanni Gord is the third-line pivot. Eli Tolvanen and Oliver Bjorkstrand flank him. And then Kaylor Yomamoto centers Brandon Tanev and Andre Burkowski on the fourth line. Vince Dunn and Adam Larson, a very talented top pair defense group. Jamie uh, Olskiak is the uh, on the second pairing with Will Borgen, and then Riker Evans and Brian DeMoulin are the third pair. As I mentioned, the goalies, Joey Decord and Philip Grubauer. Pierre-Edward Belmar on IR. Justin Schultz right now listed as day-to-day for the Kraken. Islanders need these two points, and I've mentioned it before. Islanders are not playing... Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Most of the other teams in the battle for the final playoff spots in the Eastern Conference will play two games during that time, and that gives them a chance to make up as many as two, three, four points against the Islanders as this playoff race continues. The Islanders cannot afford to have a losing streak after losing on Saturday, they need to get two points. Doesn't matter if they win in overtime or a shootout because the Kraken are in the Western Conference, but they need the two points. And I'll take it a step further. More importantly, they can't not show up. That was the most discouraging thing about Saturday's loss to the Flames. They just didn't show up until the third period. Patrick Watt ran them hard in practice on Monday in response to that poor effort that we saw, that inconsistent effort. Now the Islanders need to show that they will respond to that and play well against the Seattle Kraken. It is going to be vital for them to do that, and I only hope that we see a better 60-minute performance from the Islanders tonight against the Seattle Kraken. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and today is the 39th birthday of former Islanders goalie Al Montoya, Il Cubano. He was drafted by the Rangers first round, sixth overall in 2004, played his college hockey at the University of Michigan, never played for the Rangers, did play for their AHL affiliates, Made his NHL debut with the Coyotes in 2008-2009 and then joined the Islanders in 2010-2011. Played really well that year. 239 goals against 921 save percentage. Was back the following year 
then played for Winnipeg, Florida, Montreal, and Edmonton before hanging up his skates after the 2018-2019 season, which he spent back in the AHL. 6-2-201, pretty good size for a goalie. We go back and look at one of Al Montoya's better games as an Islander. How about October 13th, 2011, at the Old Barn, the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, former Islander Dwayne Rolison, the goalie for Tampa, while, of course, Al Montoya, the goalie for the Islanders. And in this game, even though the Islanders uh, are outshot 35-34, to they win this game going away by a score of 5-1 to because Al Montoya made 34 saves to earn the win. Two goals and two assists for Pajama Boy, John Tavares, in this game. But Montoya, with an outstanding performance for the Islanders, he ends up with 34 saves and the W in this contest. And one of the nicer guys you'll ever want to talk to, uh, Al Montoya, he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day, every dayers. Tomorrow on the show, we'll have our key takeaways from tonight's game against the Kraken, plus our hero and go to the game, and we will have our weekly farm report on all things Bridgeport Islanders, so make sure you join us for that. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. Hopefully the snow is not too bad out there, and let's go Islanders.